Welcome, my name is Carl Schostrom, and in this episode of Getting Executive Conversation, we're looking at performance share plans. Like with the other episodes, it's just going to be a very high-level overview, followed by some pointers as to what you may want to consider when you're evaluating performance share plans. So performance shares, what are they? Well, this is a long-term incentive plan. When we're talking about LTIPs, a long-term incentive plan, the, the acronym LTIP is usually used for so-called performance share plans. And it's a plan where we deliver the reward in shares and it's restricted just like a restricted share plan. But in addition to restrictions around uh, remaining in employment, we also have performance requirements before the shares will be delivered. So the, the shares will only de be delivered to the extent that the organization and sometimes the individual has met preset uh, performance conditions over a set period of time. And that set period of time is usually over three years, can be shorter, and then then with a with a delay which is effectively like a deferred own bonus plan or it can be longer it can be 5 it can even be 7 years many institutional investors are arguing for that uh, an appropriate length of time is 5 years most companies agree on that uh, 5 years is not uh, doesn't really work with the pattern of uh, individuals' expectations and, and individuals' work patterns and strategies and company cycles and so on. So three years is by far the dominating time period. But it's always down to what is most appropriate to your organization, what is most appropriate for uh, this to be an effective reward vehicle. The other thing that should always be noted around performance share plans, because it is the most discussed point when it comes to to this incentive is its complexity. So because we have shares, we have a long period of time where we either vest the, the incentive or so vest means that you get the right to the incentive over this period of time and that we have uh, performance requirements in order to uh, you for you to receive the shares as a participant that makes it all complex. And these performance conditions then, if they're measured over a three-year period, that adds the, the complexity because we need to call back to what was the intent when the performance targets were set, how are they evaluating in an objective way three years later, a lot of things happen in an organization, companies merge, uh, there are stock splits, there are different factors that come into affect the performance like mergers like uh, acquisitions like uh, moving in and out of markets uh, and so on and so forth so when we design a performance share plan the the biggest issue around it is how do we set the performance targets and these targets are either relative or absolute performance measures and there's a big debate around these two categories an absolute performance measure that is when you have a very set and defined target, uh, you're measuring against a number. So an example of an absolute performance target would be 
increasing your earnings per share by 3% every year over three years. Relative performance targets are measured against a group of other companies uh, or relative to some other factors. So it could be relative to the retail price index. So take the earnings per share one again. So instead of saying we will we will increase earnings per share by 3% every year over three years, we may say we will increase it by 2% over the retail price index every year over three years. Or we may say that the outperformance of the company must be so that it returns a higher value than the Standard & Poor index, or it may be that we have a total shareholder return target, which is one of the most popular targets, relative targets for performance share plan. And we will have a separate episode on total shareholder return uh, in the future. But essentially what total shareholder return is, is the growth of the share plus the effect of dividends. And so dividends are usually assumed to be reinvested back into the share and therefore this new value grows with the share price. And that represents the total return that a shareholder could get from an organization. Since it's a market-quoted value, you can, on a much more objective basis, compare how your company does against other companies. So you can have a group of peer companies that you compete with with capital and compare against them. Or you can comp- some companies compare against an index. Or you can compare against a general increase in the market of, of some, some number, maybe the price of, uh, of a raw material or whatever it may be. And as long as you are outperforming that, by X percent, your award vests. The second design point then is to decide on whether you have a threshold or underpin condition linked also to your performance targets. So we've talked before when we talked about short-term incentives about having threshold expected and maximum levels of performance and them translating into values. You would do the same thing for a performance share plan. But you may also have a separate threshold value to make sure that um, the reward is not for the wrong reasons. And an example of this would be you're worried about total shareholder return, not returning the right number that reflects the true performance of the company. Then you may have a, an underpin that says the, the, the board will consider a number of uh, financial performance measures and if they feel that the TSR total shareholder return uh, outcome isn't reflective of the true performance then they can reduce the number of shares that that best so that'd be an example of uh, an underpin uh, of thresholds another thing that uh, you increasingly see in performance share plans is the addition of retention periods and ownership requirements So retention period uh, would be that you, after the vesting, need to hold the shares, usually after having paid the tax for them. So hold the net number of shares for an additional year or two years. Financial services industry has gone first with this, and there are many countries that require financial services companies, in particular banks, to have a retention period of shares 
which has to form a big part of of their remuneration, whether it be through performance share plans or deferred bonus plans, even more more commonly. The ownership requirement is a version of retention. Uh, you don't actually necessarily say you have to keep the shares that vested, but you may say you have to keep the shares that vested or the net shares or half of the net shares until the executive has built up a personal ownership that is of a certain size. And this is to make sure that your executives do build up and have a significant personal stake in the organization, and that becomes then a requirement of participation in future plans. So the things I think one should pay particular attention to when evaluating performance share plans is first whether there's sufficient level of stretch in the performance test. So is this tough enough to earn the the maximum level? Is the expected level of reward in line with guidance, uh, with what the, the company is telling the market? And is the threshold level, is it acceptable that the organization is still paying out there? There are a lot of rules around this in different uh, uh, guidance from proxy advisors and institutional investors, which is of questionable use. I mean, you really need to look at the organization itself. If a, if a company is delivering at the median, that may be exceptionally great for a company that's very mature in a mature market. And to to deliver anywhere else can be extremely difficult. It could actually be perfectly acceptable to deliver below median total shareholder return growth. However, if you are in a, you're a fast growing company, you're a challenger in a, in a in a sector that probably wouldn't be the case. The other thing is to just consider the length of the performance test. Is it a real a vision that we're seeing reflected here is this just another retention vehicle effectively a restricted stock plan dressed up so does the performance test reward executives lifting their eyes above the horizon if you like uh, and taking a long-term perspective and ensuring that the organization understands where it's going and has that vision in sight. And finally, are there any contradictions or are there any overlaps with the short-term incentives in place? Overlaps, just to be aware of and consider, is that both the short-term incentive and the long-term incentive rewards profitability, for example. If there's concern with uh, an over-focus on profitability, in particular, if, like we talked about in, in the annual bonus plan episode, if there isn't sufficient emphasis on the quality of the performance and profitability, then that should be a cause for concern. Contradictions, same thing. So if the long-term incentive plan says uh, go in this direction and the short-term incentive plan points in the opposite direction, then you have a conflict and how the executives will resolve that needs to be of concern. I hope this has been helpful to you. I hope you found it interesting. I hope that performance share plans now are a little bit more understandable 
and also hope that you'll join me for other episodes of Getting Executive Conversation. My name is Carl Schostrom, and thank you for listening.